Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number five of the RU Review, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Titchener. Rutgers hosts Michigan this Saturday at SHI Stadium, another 7.30 kickoff. We will preview that game, but first we have to discuss a very difficult loss this past Saturday to Illinois. Joining us for that discussion is veteran New Jersey sportscaster Matt Lachlan. And we welcome back to the show from NJ Advanced Media, Keith Sargent. Keith, thanks for joining us. I, I don't get the veteran uh, label. <laughs> the, the veteran writer. It means old, Keith. Don't get it yet. He means old when he's completely there. So even though you've got some stripes, <laughs> you should avoid using the term or having Steve use that term as it applies to you. The veteran writer for New Jersey Advanced Media, <laughs> Keith Sargent. And, and Keith, I'll, I'll start with the same question that you opened up Coach Shiano's press conference with. I'll set it up here. Pacheco, 16-yard run, first and 10, a minute and change left. They're at the 37. How are you passing in that situation with Vedral struggling as he did? How are you passing in that situation, Keith? Yeah, I, I think it's a fair criticism. and But keep in mind, Steve, I think – at 12.59 p.m. on Saturday, no one had ever even heard of Valentino Ambrosio. So I think it spoke more to the kicking situation, that they needed more yards. Mm -hmm. uh, you're under two, you're, you're almost under two minutes at that point. Um, you're at the 37. I think in order to feel confident about your ability to kick a field goal in that spot, you probably needed another 20 yards. So Isaiah Pacheco was humming. Um, I would have preferred that they, they, they run the ball on first down. Illinois probably would, would have been looking for a run. Um, it, you know, in that situation, I think they probably would have still needed the pass. My, my criticism, you know, if I had one, would be, you know, don't, don't pass it unless you have to in that situation because, you know, uh, you Vedral know, was struggling. Um, but at that point, I think it just basically showed, you know, a lack of confidence in the kicking game. And I'll, I'll say this, because they played terrible all afternoon. I mean, listen, Illinois is not a good team. Uh, they played well that afternoon. Certainly uh, their quarterback did. But they had an opportunity there to win at the end, which was I thought was pretty amazing considering how they were playing. So, I mean, I, I'll take the argument a little further that even – even if they ran a couple times because, you know, Vedral's, again, struggling, uh, they still could have ran it down and, and had an opportunity, perhaps an overtime, but the, right there, an interception in that spot, giving, uh, giving Illinois time to come back down the field in the way they just couldn't adjust to that quarterback, uh, it pretty much uh, sealed their fate. So it was just really, it was really tough to see because, you know, a, a sign of a good team is playing terribly and still figuring out a way to win at the end. And it looked like that was going to happen. And then it just didn't. So it made the, the loss that much tougher. Oh, without question. And I, you know, it, it's good. You know, we, you've had me on in the past years where, you know, we're, we're not even talking about being competitive and, you know, I, I you know, I, I have social media and my email and you know, everything else was flooded with Rutgers fans, you know, just killing Sean Gleason for, for that call, Greg Ciano as well. And, you know, it, was, it just speaks to, you know, where this program is at. They did have a lot of opportunities to win. 
I think if, if there was another criticism I had for Sean Gleason, it would probably be overall. I think he kind of abandoned the running game in spots uh, during that game. You know, Noah Vet- Vedrill threw 34 times. You know, a week a week before Minnesota rushed for 325 yards against Illinois. You know, Pacheco again was humming. I think they probably could have, uh, you know, gotten their other running backs involved as well. If there was another criticism, I probably would have uh, liked to see them. I mean, if you if you look at the overall game, I think uh, Illinois had a uh, a five minute advantage in, in you know in, in game time. You know, probably wore down the defense a little bit on that last drive as well. I want to just uh, step in here, and Steve, you made an interesting use of a phrase: "A good team wins a game like that," and I think that's the problem. Rutgers is essentially the same club. In many ways, they're different. Whole new atmosphere a real coach at the helm and there's just a different feel about the program as, as I watch it from afar watching the games. I mean, I'm not there at practices. I'm not, you know, intimate with what's going on as Keith is, but watching it from my perspective, yes, there's no question. There's a change. However, it's basically the same players, you know, Bedville's an example. There are others, but it's the same team as last year. It's just not that good so i don't know that you can use i think there's been a you know there was that false sense of optimism off the the win against michigan state and then you know the second half against ohio state no knock but i think what you see is what you get and it's going to be a while before you can and i understand the fans being upset don't get me wrong there either but i think it's going to be a while before you can say that's a game we should win they could have won it no question about it you can't give Illinois three shots at field goals and hope they miss the third time at the end. Um, so I, I think what you see is what you get. Uh, there were mistakes made, no question about it. But I think you have to accept what Rutgers is this year, much more competitive team. They're going to give you reasons to tune in. If we could ever get to a game, they'd give you reasons for the fans to, to fill SHI Stadium. It's a better situation. There's better hope for the future. But right now, given it's Still, a lot of the same athletes that uh, Chris Ash brought in, there are yeah. going to be moments like that for well, sure. You, Matt, it's a reality check. There's no question for a Rutgers fan. This is a reality check, and that, that's been written uh, this week, and it's, it's very clear. But here's the thing. Even losing to Michigan State, if they lost to Michigan State, let's say they Indiana, Okay, Ohio State, you're going to take all this. This this past Saturday was a bad loss. It was a bad loss. Illinois was a bad team up to this point. They came into to SHI Stadium a bad team. Now, it, it's just hard to swallow because this is one that you that this is the one you circled. This is the one you wanted. Of course, you know Illinois is saying the same thing. Hey, we're going to we're yeah, going to go into, right now in Champaign is. We may stink, but we're better than you. Exactly, exactly, and that's that, that's hard to swallow, isn't it, Keith? I, I no, understand I, that. I, but I, I will say this, okay? And uh, you know, Illinois came in, you know, zero and three, but they, you know, they had a lot of COVID issues. They had twelve players mm-hmm. who who uh, weren't uh, weren't able to play against Minnesota. They got you know some of the, them back. They were still down to a four string quarterback, but that quarterback looked uh, a heck of a lot better than than uh, people even uh, uh, knew before. And to your point too, Matt. Um, you know, you go into the, uh, the, these games, you know, thinking, okay, well, you know, Rutgers two weeks ago uh, or three weeks ago had beaten Michigan State, showed some promise in that game. But you know, keep in mind, I mean, I go, you know, each week I, I start previewing uh, these games, and you know, I'm looking at, at Illinois. You know, in, in, you know, a year ago they beat Rutgers 38-10. 
the year before 38-17, the year before that 24-7. All these games, Rutgers wasn't even competitive in. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't happen overnight. Um, And and again, you know, I know expectations change and, you know, they had, you know, know, Rutgers fans had every uh, reason to believe that Rutgers could have won that game. They, they, they had it in their grasp, 10 point lead. You know, you can't, you know, you know, the second half 10 point lead, you should be able to hold on. But overall, I think, you know, you're, you're, you know, the, the expectations for this team are might've been a little bit out of whack, you know, at, at this point. Yeah. And I agree. And I also think that the way they lost, and blaming Vedral for that interception late. Now, it was open, but it was a bad throw. But I think that gives cover to the defense because how did Isaiah Williams run for, you know, 195 yards? Like, yeah. they had no answer for that guy. So yep. the defense has to take a hit here, too, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's easy to say Vedral threw all those interceptions, blah, 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 and he did. But the defense failed on Saturday as well. Yeah, I think it kind of spoke to, um, you know, again, I think they were on the field for so much of that yeah. you know, second half. I think they did, I think they did get winded. Illinois wasn't, you know, looking back on the tape, Illinois wasn't doing you know, a whole lot of uh, – uh, they weren't all that creative, you know, in this game. You know, I know Graciano talked about the option, but, you know, it was mostly, you know, uh, run left, run right, and, uh, you know, try to stop it, and, you know, Rutgers couldn't. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of three and outs, and yes, I think the defense got gassed, but Keith, you know what's coming. Isaiah Williams, and clearly, you know, and Greg Shiano said, elusive, slippery runner, fast. They clearly weren't ready for him. Clearly weren't. And also Chase Brown, too. Those two guys, one and two on that team, just beat him up in the second half. They could not tackle him. They couldn't, and, and they just thrashed him. It was really, really tough to watch. And, you know, the defense has played pretty well, Keith. So what, what, how do you explain how they, they couldn't adjust in, in game to that situation? I think um, it's kind of what we've you know, always talked about. I mean, Julius Turner is a great story. You know, athletic, played well against Michigan State, Indiana, um, but you know he's still a little undersized. Illinois, you know, is, uh, you know under uh, Lovey Smith, who's been been there, he's been able to establish, you know, a, 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 his his offensive line. Uh, Rutgers is always going to, uh, you know, for them to, to to be able to make make this move, they're going to have to do it in tr- trenches. That's what the Big Ten is. And when you see a game like I said, when you when 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 Illinois is on the field as long as they are. Your, your defensive linemen are, are going to get worn down. As simple as, as, as that, I think, you know, that really spoke to, you know, the, the damage that Illinois did on, 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 you know, run offense. And the offense uh, stalled, as we said, a lot of three and outs. Um, you know, Sean Gleason had a great first five quarters, didn't he, Keith? And then it, it's <laughs> been kind of, it seems like it's been kind of a struggle. Um, uh, you know, Vedral, appeared to be a gamer but he's he has been struggling and then when i talk about a gamer a gamer's not going to throw that pick late like that it just when when the game appears to be in hand it just throw it out of bounds or something i just it was a, I'm, i know he wants it back and i know gleason wants that call back and and you know shiano indicated that he did too they did indicate that but you know yep. shiano's not going to throw his guy under the bus and he shouldn't and i get that and i know they all want it back but man that that, that was a tough one because because the offense just really couldn't move the ball although the bright spot in all this is bo melton for sure he's played sure. really well this year so that is one bright spot yeah, I don't know if uh, you know if beyond Bo Melton, who you know to me looks like an All Big Ten, uh, you know first team, maybe second team wide receiver. 
beyond him, I don't know if they have a, a, a whole lot of uh, playmakers, Steve. Um, you know, if, if you're just being fair, Aaron Crochet, mm-hmm. you know, is a guy who, who they brought in to be a return specialist, uh, never really played wide receiver, uh, couldn't crack the wide receiver depth chart at Wisconsin. Now you're expecting him to be your number two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, other guys on and on and on. They've had a lot of wide receivers, you know, you know, over the last couple of years who have not been able to rise to the, uh, you know, uh, rise to turn into uh, proven playmakers. You know, at this point, again, I, I think uh, Sean Gleason has been in- innovative. They've done a lot of trick plays, but you know, at this point, you know, you can run all these trick plays, and you know, if teams are, are are ready for it. You know, you're not you're going to look pretty ordinary. Yeah, and I think you know, you bring up a good point about what Gleason's dealing with. He's tried different things because he realizes the limitations. We were having a text exchange at the end of Saturday's game and, and uh, among Steve, uh, John McAlevey, who normally joins us on the show, but had uh, another work commitment that prevented him from doing so this week. And I said in the exchange, keep Steve away from sharp edge. Yeah, because, and yeah. he's still clearly bothered by the loss. But I think you have to look at some of the good things. You talked about Melton and other two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco, has a very good game. And look, the there are reasons that you can see this is a better team and gives you some excitement, but I don't know how that's going to play out. We'll talk about Michigan later on in the show. I don't know how that will play out moving forward, but the other thing is teams now have more film, right? So, uh, or video, (laughs) nobody watches film anymore, but they now have more video and all these coaches are going to school. And so it's going to even be harder for Rutgers with their limitations to produce a significant amount of offense. So look, they're better. They're scoring more than they've ever, as Greg said yesterday, Greg Shiano said yesterday, you know, we're, we're more, we have better offense than we've ever had in the big 10 low bar, but they jumped <laughs> over it. No question. And so, yeah, I, I think you still have to look at the bright side. Then again, I look at it a little differently than Steve does. Who's an alum and has, uh, you know, more roots at the state university than I do. But I think there's a lot of positives. It just may not show up in, in, in the wins and losses. What what do you make of uh, Pacheco's game, Keith, on Saturday? Yeah, long time coming. Um, yeah. you know, he looked really good against uh, Michigan State. Um, you know, as an all-purpose guy, they got, they got him involved in the uh, passing game a little bit more. But um, I think um, you know there's been a little bit of running east-west rather than north-south. When he gets his shoulders squared, he's a really good running back, tough to stop. Um and I think you know we, we we saw that in this one again. I I know Illinois' run defense wasn't very good. You know, keep in mind their opponent this week, Michigan, has struggled to stop the run as well. Um, I think you know he's going to be the guy that you, you need to get involved. I think the first week, I think he he had 24 overall touches in the first week, which I yeah, and I think he almost uh, produced uh, 100 all-purpose yards. Uh, I think that's probably the right spot. I think you're probably going to have to get the ball probably 20 to 25 times in order for uh, this offense to really function well. Keith, what's going on with the tight ends? Does Gleason just not use them, or is Alimo not developing? What's going on with Jonathan Lewis? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's a Gleason issue. I, I think they just don't have um, you know, guys who have really, um, you know, been able to, uh, prove themselves and, and really, uh, grow, 
Um, you mentioned those two guys, uh, you know, Alimo, who was obviously a big time recruit. But you know, I always say when when, when the guys transfer out, you know, mm-hmm. transfer from, from uh, UCLA, UCLA is not letting him go if they you know if they think that he's like you know a Power Five conference uh, tight end. Um, you know, same thing with Jonathan Lewis, converted quarterback. Um, you know, good story. We've seen you know guys uh, convert from from quarterback to to tight end have su- su- success. Probably harder than 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 people realize. Uh, hasn't really been able to make that leap. Um, you know, Giovanni Haskins looked okay against Michigan State, but hasn't really you know uh, been been um, you know visible over the last couple of weeks. You know, I always come back to you know 2017, I think 2017. Uh, they didn't even have a tight end in the uh, recruiting class. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, Travis Vokalek obviously you know shows some promise, yeah. and you know he's no longer mm-hmm. here. So. Um, I think you know those two two, two factors have, have you know have, have contributed to the uh, lack of depth. And overall, I think you're, you're right. I think uh, the guys who who we mentioned haven't really grown. Yeah, and you know the reason I asked, and it certainly wasn't this past Saturday. It was a you know the, the, the quarterback running wild, Isaiah Williams running wild. But you know you see a lot in the Big Ten. You, you see Big Ten tight ends just you know a big part of uh, a big part of their offenses and it just really hasn't uh, hasn't been the case so just wondering what what was going going on there so look this was a bad loss just got to put a stamp on it and then put it behind us what we'll do is we'll take a break we'll get a quick uh, word in from LG Insurance our, our good friends and sponsors and we'll come back we'll talk about the Michigan game coming up this Saturday At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on the RU Review with veteran New Jersey writer from <laughs> NJ Advanced Media, uh, Keith Sargent. And uh, look, Michigan uh, kickoff 730 at SHI Stadium. Uh, they're smart and they got trucked by Wisconsin. So, you know, Harbaugh is going nuts and you know what he's saying, Keith. He's saying we're not losing to Rutgers. I mean, you think that'd be the focus for Michigan going in this week? Yeah, um, I do think that Michigan's one and three might be a little deceiving. You know, the the first loss was Michigan State rivalry game. You know, and and then Indiana might be a top a legit top ten team. Wisconsin again might be a top ten top fifteen team. So I think that record might be a little uh, deceiving. I'm surprised at the line. Uh, to be honest with you, nine points. You know, you know Michigan has been been a program that really has had its way 52 nothing last year they you know average margin is been 51 to 7 over over the last 5 years surprised about the line um you know Jim Harbaugh you know just listening to him you know the last two days you know you know talking to the media out there really does sound like he wants to uh you know take out some of his frustrations on Rutgers I would have thought that Rutgers would have their quarterback situation settled and Michigan <laughs> at this point has a bit of a controversy and maybe it's still a controversy with Rutgers, but Greg has said, Vegel's their guy, not Art Sitkowski. And meanwhile, Harbaugh said, Hey, both of our guys are getting work with the ones. So uh, there is some turmoil uh, in, in Ann Arbor. That's for sure. What, what's going First of all, let's start with the Rutgers situation, uh, Keith, and then move to, to, to Michigan. 
Um, go with Sitkowski or Vedral. What do you, what do you think about Shiano's decision to stick with the guy who's gotten him here thus far? Probably the right uh, the, the right move at this point. Um, I will say this that you know we you know as you know media you know in most years we're, we're able to actually watch you know at least some semblance of practice. We haven't been able to this year, so I have really no you know uh, true insight on you know how Sitkowski has looked in practice. All I could really say is, you know, the, the limited time that we saw him against Ohio State, you know, looked sharp in that game and fumbled the, the ball on the last play. Um, you know, I kind of have to take Shiano at face value when, when he says that, you know, I mean, he, he didn't even think it was, you know, close. I mean, he just, you know, Federal's the guy. So I kind of think what it is what, what I said all along, that Federal is just a better fit for Sean Gleason's offense. Um, again, the interceptions, that's going to be the one thing that's going to, you know, cause Shiano to, 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 you know, pull, uh, you know, pull the plug is you can't do that. Not, not when the margin of error is so slim for this Rutgers team. Uh, so, you know, if he starts being interception prone again, yeah, I would, I, I would, I would think that he's going to uh, pull the trigger and make the move. Yeah. At this point, I'm looking at some, some of the other things that are promising with Bedrill. He's accurate. I mean, you know, you know, aside from the interceptions, like he's completing at a at a high rate, over sixty percent. Um, so I do think that there's a promise there. And again, I think he, he probably is better fit for Sean uh, Gleason's offense than Sikowski at this point. Keith, so back to Vedral. I mean, he's had his moments. He's had some beautiful passes. So here's my point: keep him out of harm's way. Yep. And, and what happened with the pass to Illinois, a floater, you know, it's yep. toward the sideline, but it was, too, you know, it was just, uh, it was a dangerous pass. So the point is just, there's a lot of balls going to the middle of the field that are, that are really floating out there and, uh, and can be picked off easily if the, you know, if the defense can make an adjustment to it. So uh, it, the, the point is, is that, you know, see, there's some beautiful passes to, uh, to Bo Melton. So he has had his moments, but then he just, uh, he, he has struggled with, with, Balls basically thrown over the middle of the field that just aren't getting there in time. So there's just a little too much float to the ball, I guess. And and so you would think, okay, Sikowski has certainly has some more zip. He has a better arm. But I guess the problem there is in Gleason's offense, you have to be able to run the ball a bit, huh? Yeah, I think that's uh, part of it. And also, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, there have been years, uh, Steve, where where the offensive line, even though. You know the numbers show that they haven't given up a lot of sacks. That you know is, is disguised by by their ability to actually get the ball out quicker and and kind of mask some of their uh, you know issues. I think this might be the case again this year. Um, you know the offense line hasn't been bad, but I do think that you know ha- having a guy like Sikowski, more of a pocket guy, um, you know I think that might be one of the issues as well. I think they w- would like to you know have a quarterback with some uh, more mobi- mobility. Um, one other issue I think, and we saw against Ohio, uh, Michigan State that, that they had a lot of success with, and they kind of went away with it the last couple of weeks was when Vedral, when they float the pocket with Vedral, get him out, you know, you know, uh, rolling, he's a lot better than than when when they keep him, you know, you know, back in the pocket. You know, those interceptions that he made, you know, most of those were drop back, you know, kind of, you know, never really got set, and then you know, threw off his back foot. So that's one thing to look for on Saturday from a Rutgers perspective what else do you see as might lead I don't know if it'll happen to a victory I mean they give up 50 points it seems every time they play Michigan since they beat them back in 2014 but this is a different different Michigan team and it's clearly clearly different at Rutgers this year what are some of the other paths to 
if not a victory, at least a close game, and maybe even a possible victory. Yeah, it's going to be running the ball. Um, again, Michigan has not uh, been able to, to stop the run. Um, I think that they're going to have to establish that. Um, they're going to have to be creative again. Uh, you don't um, look. I mean, there's Michigan has more talent. They really recruited you know at a much higher level over the last five years than Rutgers. They have a lot more depth. Um, than, than Rutgers says at this point. The quarterback issue uh, that you touched on before has been a recurring problem. It's probably been the biggest reason why Michigan has not been able to take that uh, next step, you know, under under Jim Harbaugh. And which we kind of thought, you know, going into it that he was going to get that quarterback. He had Andrew Luck at, at Stanford. You know, you know, he, he, you know, he, he looked, you know, you know, Colin Ka- Kaepernick did wonders with him in, in San Francisco. He was like a quarterback whisperer going into it, and now he hasn't really been able to establish it. Now Joe Milton um, is a guy with a lot of talent. Now it's open competition. I'll be curious as everyone else to see who's going to be quarterback and for Michigan against against Rutgers. Keith, I was wondering, is Michigan's run defense that bad, or is it just that Wisconsin's that good? And, oh, by the way, look at what Jalen Berger's doing. That's a great question. I mean, Wisconsin does have a habit for, you know, you know, wh- whoever graduates, you know, mm-hmm. they're always just, you know, dominant with the, with, with the running game. Um, yeah, it's like anything else. I mean, you know, you look at the opponents and, you know, you know, Indiana, you know, and, 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 and even Michigan state you know, has some success, but, you know, is it, is it an opponent thing? Can, can Rutgers take advantage of that? Um, Again, I think they're going to have to get Isaiah Pacheco uh, the line share to carries to just try to establish him. If it works, you know, great. We what t- does Rutgers have to guard against? What's Michigan presenting? Uh, even though there's a bit of an unknown at the quarterback spot, maybe more yeah. than there is an unknown. But what what else do they have to prepare for? More of a base, uh, you know. Where, whereas you know, Illinois, <laughs> we, we were kind of talking about it. Like Rob Smith as defensive coordinator, Greg, you know, his history, you know, he's always struggled with 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 running quarterbacks. You know, Joe Milton has some. You know, he's athletic, six foot five. You know, can can move, but. You know, this is more of a base offense than than, than Illinois was. So, you know, from that standpoint, um, it's, it's better. Uh, but you know, again, we're talking about a you know a program that does have some uh, some weapons. Uh, Michigan's running game hasn't been great either. Um, but you know, I I, I think uh, you know overall, I think you know they're going to try to do do what they do, which is you know establish a run and be able to to take advantage of of, of you know their quarterback and and be able to you know, try to beat them on on, on the outside. Uh, Rutgers, um, you know, <laughs> you know for for most of the season they played winning defense. Um, you know, against Michigan State, they played winning defense. So they they gave up, I think the overall numbers, you know, 24 points. I guess, uh, you know, you know, almost 400 yards. Didn't look pretty, but they played winning defense. They played winning defense in spots against Indiana. They even played winning defense against Illinois in, in spots, but then they wore down. Like I said, uh, they're going to have to be able to 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 uh, play winning defense for Rutgers to to be able to win this game. Keith Joe Milton can run he can throw he thrashed minnesota i mean so when he has confidence you know they 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 crush minnesota and then they just they, he's been terrible since uh, same kind of problems with, with federal in terms of he throws a lot of interceptions through two picks early against wisconsin now they're even talking about bringing in the Cade mcnamara the freshman who did uh, uh play uh last saturday and looked okay so the, so harbaugh said there's an open um competition going on there uh 
I would think that Milton would still get the start. So back to the Rutgers defense, uh, can can they contain him when they had such a problem with Isaiah Williams because he because he can run a bit himself? Yeah, it's going to be the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know that. <laughs> I do think it's going to be Milton. You know, talking to, to, to some people, people, but you know, he he's been the guy that they've kind of invested in. Um, but you know, he, again, he's not your typical um, you know running quarterback. You know, has some athleticism. You know, can 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 uh, be in, sp- in spots. But if you pressure him and 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 make 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 decisions, that's going to be the key, guys. I mean, you're going to have to pressure him and 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 hope to, to get some turnovers. You know, Rutgers, ha- you know, has been. You know, able to to you know that was the reason why they beat Michigan State. They were able to turn turn them over seven, uh, seven times. So uh, that's going to be the key. Yeah, you know, if they can actually you know get uh, Joe Millen, who has been intercept, uh, interception prone, to get him to, to start throwing the ball around, get some pressure on him. I think that Rutgers might be able to uh, have some success. You brought up uh, in the first half of the show the name Valentino Ambrosio. <laughs> Uh, two field goals on Saturday, but uh, as you mentioned, and Shiano said the same after it, we needed to get closer to try a, a field goal, and then they threw the interception. We, we know how that wound up. What is this kid's story? A soccer player. He was a, a, a uh, and I love stories like this, Matt. Uh, I, you know, he was from, he started his collegiate career at FDU, as a soccer player, played played in a handful of games as a true freshman. Transferred to, to Rutgers, played soccer. You know, a, a year ago, uh, I think he started 12 games, played an 18 overall. Was a pretty good midfielder, um, and then he just you know called Graciano in, in in August, I believe, probably because you know the soccer season obviously you know has been postponed. Wanted to uh, give it a try. Keep in mind, he did have experience at you know as a field goal kicker. Uh, started off at Roosevelt Park, um, then transferred over to Cranford. Um, all the while, he was playing um, club soccer, red, you know, for for the Red Bulls club, but really highly competitive uh, club soccer. And they they allowed him to to, to be a place kicker for, for his high school team. Kicked a 45 yard field goal, you know, you know, in in, in you know in, in high school action, uh, was uh, accurate. You know, not really, you know. Uh, all that surprise that you know by, by we've seen soccer guys you know you know come 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 out of the blue in the past and have some success but you know overall you know we went into the season thinking that Justin Davidowitz was going to be the kicker um, he's still handling kickoffs and we saw Guy Fava I think you know Rutgers is going to need to uh, you know, show some faith um, you know I guess there's open question at this point whether or not anything inside of uh, outside of 40 you know uh, can be kicked it does change the the game plan if you if you don't think that you have a kicker who's dependable outside of 40 yards one more. it's a great story and you're right yeah. stories are awesome one yeah more. i mean i you know i, I wrote about it i keep in mind i wrote about it i think in the second quarter against illinois yeah so <laughs> once he kicked that first field goal i'm like i'm, I'm writing about it now <laughs> one more for me keith and we talked about uh, Coach Harbaugh's mindset. How about Greg Schiano? You know he's fired up. You know how intense he is. What is he telling his players this week? Um, you want me to give the best coach speak? Um, I will say that he would probably say you got to flush it because you know it was within their grasp, but you can't let it, you know a game like that uh, beat twice. And I think he kind of said that. I think you know in the press conference on Monday. Um, 
you know, we we go into these uh, games again thinking that you know Rutgers was favored against Illinois, and and you know they they should have won that game, but. I think he's going to have as much perspective as anyone that, you know, they are more competitive and, and, you know, that if they can do what they, 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 they showed against Indiana competitive for, uh, for, for a long uh, period of that game, you know, they can probably have some success against Michigan. Just do what they normally do. You know, I just try to, um, you know, play, play winning defense, um, you know, establish a run, maybe a couple of trick plays would help and then turn the ball uh, and, and, and turn Michigan over. Well, Keith, thanks so much for your time. Always appreciate your insights. I will leave it at this. This is the game before Thanksgiving, <laughs> a time of family and community, and it means more in 2020. But just understand how important this game is in the Titchener family household. Steve has cousins who are dyed in the blue maze and yeah. blue guys. Yeah, Keith, my- And Steve, of course... Mm-hmm. bleed scarlet and white so this is a very very important game to steve no it always is i've been out to the big house a bunch of times my brother went to michigan he's a michigan grad i got cousins out there that live uh, in the town over in dexter and so i've been out there a bunch of times it's great great football environment out there i gotta tell you and anytime i say this all the time if you can get one hundred and ten thousand fans out you, you, you deserve it i mean and so i you know growing up i was a michigan fan as well of course when Rutgers joined the big 10 you know listen uh, you know, this is my alum. I'm a season ticket holder at Rutgers. So, man, now it's become my And they, by the way, they came. The only time they came to Piscataway was that disaster, that 76 nothing disaster. And they wanted to watch the whole game. It was, remember the second half, it was raining. They were just yeah. getting slammed. And these guys would not leave. They wanted to watch the whole damn thing. So, uh, uh, we'll never forget. Lot. We'll never forget that. So, and I, I'll tell you that for that win. Uh, with Touré blocking that field goal. That was huge. And those guys were denying it. Brady Hoke, it was an aberration. They've never been this low. It could never happen again. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Rutgers-Michigan game is a big game. And, you know, it's, it sets up kind of tough this year because because uh, Michigan's down. And, um, you know, you know what they're saying. How low can we go here is what Mi- Michigan fans are saying, frankly. So you're and getting so, a sense of what I'm saying. Keith. So it's a listen, big, big matchup. So, so listen, so listen, you know, I, I you know, I think Rutgers is going to be a pain in the ass on Saturday, Keith. I think they're going to uh, they're going to um, uh, play hard. And I think Shanna's going to have them as focused as ever. So we'll see. I think they have a chance. I mean, uh, Michigan's down and, you know, they got a struggling quarterback. I mean. You know, and this is a weird year. We all agree to that. And as bad as they played against Wisconsin, who knows what will happen uh, in in this game? I was a little surprised. I thought that the spread would be a little higher. Keith, I agree with you there. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, another seven thirty kickoff. Another evening kickoff, which I kind of like. I like the evening uh, evening games. How do you like the evening games, Keith? It's different. Um, yeah. I, I you know. Being on your couch for for you know we normally travel. Being on your couch yeah. and, and watching it um, is really different. Um, I, I you know generally speaking, I I, I love you know night games. You know, being there, you know I love the atmosphere and everything. But it's just it, you know it's 2020, like you said, it's just different to to yeah. to you know cover these games on your you know on, on your couch. Right? Is it strange not having? I so you you can be in the stadium, right? You're watching the game, yeah. correct? Yeah, well, that yep. must be yep. nice. Yep. 
but the, well, it's got to yeah, be strange and, then, and empty. Then all the interviews are, are yeah. done Zoom virtually. Uh, you're right. not, you know, actually talking to players. You know, you're not, you know, in, 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 in the press conference room. So all of it's weird. Yeah, that must be just a completely different uh, process for you guys. Uh, and and so you're you stay in the stadium, obviously, and you do everything virtually. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and and you know, but again, like we normally travel. Yeah. You know, I, I you know I, I you know would have been at Ohio, Ohio State. You know, I would have been at Michigan State. And you know, you know, this year we we we've uh, you know stayed home just you know in it, you know in the abundance of safety. Mm-hmm. Well, Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully you can come on later in the season uh, with us. We always appreciate having you on the show. Anytime. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Keith. And uh, Matt and I will uh, wrap it up after this. And we're back on the RU Review. That was Keith Sargent joining us. And, Matt, uh, I think that Rutgers has a chance this week. I mean, Michigan is down. It doesn't set up well for him because you know that, that Michigan's going to be fired up. But Rutgers is going to be fired up, too. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, at 7.30 Saturday night. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and there is. Because Shiano will certainly this week at practice, and we're recording this on Tuesday, you know, He'll be energetic. He'll be enthusiastic. You know, he's going to make some adjustments, no question. But Harbaugh is going to do the same thing. Uh, looking at the highlights of the Michigan loss to Wisconsin, I mean, they were down 28 nothing. They've fallen behind in most yeah. of their games this mm-hmm. year. And and then reading the reports from those who are a little closer to the program, you know, the writers and broadcasters who cover Michigan on a regular basis, you know, it just seemed that it was a lifeless sideline. And obviously, if you're Michigan and you're one and three, there are all sorts of questions and concerns around the program. Is Harbaugh going to stay? Are they going to fire him on and on and on? That being said, he will be fired up as well. And he's got better players to be fired up with. So Rutgers has absolutely got to play its A game. Keith referenced the seven turnovers against Michigan State. Mm. They're going to have to try to create some turnovers there. They'll have to protect the ball a little bit better. But they are right now who they are. And I don't want to say that the Rutgers fan has to go in saying, well, as long as we don't lose 51-7, to it'll be a good night. You play to win the game. They're going to prepare like it's their Big Ten championship mm-hmm. opportunity. It's an old saying. It's terrible. We're just trying to be one and zero this week. Oh my God, it's so boring. But right. the fact of the matter is that is that is what coaches and athletes do. They just prepare for the task at hand. So if Rutgers comes out and loses, it doesn't matter in what fashion. They'll be disappointed. I think it'll be closer than the past games. Mm-hmm. I think Rutgers will continue to show the Big Ten that it's a, a new regime. It's a new world. But in the end, talent wins out. So I think Michigan probably does pull out the victory. I don't think it'll be a blowout. Moral victories don't count for anything. But I think that's what Rutgers ultimately is looking for this week. And then also we have to remember this. We have to make this point. And that's that this is a this is a different season. This is a strange season. There wasn't the normal preparation. And you cannot, like, for example, Harbaugh being on the hot seat in Michigan, you can't assess it off this season. You really can't. It's got to be a full season. Uh, Franklin having his struggles at Penn State. Again, the same thing. And that holds true for Rutgers, too. I mean, imagine the challenge 
challenge, Matt, that, you know, Greg Schiano coming in to take over a program and then having to deal with all the things that COVID has thrown into it, too. It is a very difficult situation, and I'm very mindful of that. I mean, I'm, look, you got to put a stamp on a bad game. They should have won on Saturday. But the bottom line is this has been an extremely challenging season for everybody, for Schiano, for Harbaugh, for Franklin, for all the coaches. You can imagine it's got to be very difficult. It is, but Tom Allen's sitting there at 4-0, and yeah. and Wisconsin's gone through oh. COVID, and they've won their games, and yeah. Ohio State is rolling. So, yes, it is different. Nobody cares. It's your bo- The bottom line is your one-loss record. Mm-hmm. Uh, no medals for trying, as Bill Parcells famously said. So, yeah, um, you're right. That That is the reality, but the other reality is that other teams have done well with it and who would have thought the big games this weekend actually looking at the schedule you would have thought they would have been big games anyway but indiana and ohio state with big 10 east division mm-hmm. uh championship hopes on the line there and then you've got wisconsin and northwestern in the west northwestern's just been crushing it on defense and they're sitting on top at four and oh my goodness now listen northwestern both- and indiana in the Big Ten Championship. Both games are usually foregone conclusions, right? And this this year is just, wow. I mean, what, what Northwestern doing is great, you know? And again, it's hard to, hard to root for Indiana, but they're they're playing well, man. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and they, they were yeah. expected to be pretty good this yeah, year. So. Yeah, they got, you know, um, Tom Allen's doing a great we'll job. See, and we'll, they, we'll, they, we'll, we'll see on Saturday. They've got talent on that team. That's a good quarterback. They're good. They're legit, Indiana, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you still got to play the games, that's for sure. And there are good stories in there, too, because there are teams that are normally not good, Indiana and Northwestern, that have, are having great seasons. So that is a is a very good story. Hopefully we'll have a good story for Saturday night when Rutgers uh, hangs in there with Michigan, and, and, and uh, we'll see how that all goes down. This is the RU Review. It's on moresportsnow.com. Check it out. We come every week. We have a guest along with us. We'd like to thank Keith Sargent again from NJ Media for joining us. Eric LeGrand will be back on a future show as well. I'm Steve Kitchener for Matt Lachlan. You can get this show anywhere. You can get on anywhere you uh, listen to podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. We're on Spotify, so check it out. We're on Twitter and Facebook as well. We'll, we'll be tweeting this out. We'll be Facebooking the whole thing, so check us out on social media and our site, moresportsnow.com. Again, Steve and Matt, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.